Welcome to Cold Pizza. My name is Rusty, and I'm a pastor here at Christ the Lord Church in Dayton, Ohio. This is our weekly podcast where we take the opportunity to squeeze out every last bit we can from the proclamation of God's Word on Sundays. It's our chance to sit down with the preacher and tackle any further questions, applications, or other bits of leftover crust to chew on that didn't make it into the main meal. So, grab a slice and join us this week with Pastor Jeff. It's me. Me. Yeah, Pastor Matt is on vacation this week, and uh, sometimes we like to come in on Monday morning and go ahead and do cold pizza if we can, but we wanted him to enjoy some time away. So, Jeff is uh, is sitting in for us. I'm going to sub in. Not sure I'll be able to. It's like pinch hitting. Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> also, my I have bad allergies and summer cold, and so my voice is slowly going away. A low batting average on this. Uh, <laughs> I I thought it sounded kind of like, uh, you know, some deep actor's voice. Like That's how I sound in the morning. Sam Elliott, something like that. If I talk <laughs> like this, I think it just sounds like somebody has a hold on my nose. <laughs> Abe likes to crawl up in my lap and just pinch my nose and he's like talk dad talk <laughs> so uh, entertaining for a while until it starts so he just laughs but then it starts to hurt <laughs> it's like get off let go of my nose <laughs> like i want my nose exactly yeah yeah maybe if i talk with a bit of a twang it will sound cool probably not you have well you don't have cattle but you have figurative cattle for your hat this is true yeah, so this week uh, we're continuing in Hebrews, and we're in 11, 8 through 10 this week with the sermon titled, Faith Can See Beyond, and the focus was Abraham here, which is fun as we fly through these patriarchs. Uh, in the but, beginning of the sermon, all I could think of was uh, Father Abraham, because <laughs> last week he was talking about <laughs> Noah, and he was he said, arky, arky, you know, God told Noah to build him an arky, arky, and if you don't know that song, I'm sorry. Yeah, you had a bad childhood, <laughs> probably. <laughs> but then Father Abraham was always the request in Sunday school and in VBS because you could get up and for a Baptist get real rowdy. Let's just praise the Lord, right arm, arm left arm, arm. Yeah. yeah, and then you would you would just try to move as many like arms and legs and eyes and mm-hmm. you know and as much as slowly become a Pentecostal. Pretty much, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so all I could think about was. Father Abraham, as he started that, was kind of singing it to myself, which is pretty funny. I thought he was going to mention it at some time, but he didn't. Yeah. His his funnies are, are, are one lane. <laughs> it was so funny because he was like, come on, guys. Like, that was funny. <laughs> and, do stand up. I don't know if people were just tired. or We should do that for like Christmas one year. Do stand up. Just do a stand up. That would be, that'd be pretty funny. I think I would kill at that. Yeah, probably. Probably, I could do, um, uh, I could could do imitations of people. I'm not good at imitations. Yeah. No, but you I'm, can try to be Matt here. If I'm you want. fairly good at it. No, Matt's hard to do. <laughs> His yeah, he's hard to do. He cl- all I can do is like he claps, <laughs> and he's <laughs> he, he does he's chuckle. Yeah, and when he agrees with something that you say, he goes, yeah, yeah. You, As, you have the eyebrows down too, though. Yeah. They can't see that. We love you, Matt. Hope you're having fun on your farm in the mud today right. with the rain and the cows. Right. It, it was raining hardcore here a minute ago. Well, one funny thing yesterday. He it would have been weird if we were doing Noah this week. This is true. He said um, he said something about he saw in the on the Facebook page or whatever um, where somebody said their cows were out in Springboro. 
And uh, he freaked out for a second because he was like, oh, my cows are out. <laughs> and he's like, how do you get you know a big animal like that back in? And Brent and I both looked at each other and simultaneously mouthed the word, you get a cowboy. <laughs> because we both grew up and had those things happen. And I remember as a kid, the cows getting out or the horses getting out mm-hmm. and just mass chaos. And you had to like track them down in the truck or you had to get a horse and go after him. Individually. Yep. And you get yeah. a cowboy. He uh, he had some good points, though. It was a really encouraging sermon. Um, I was struck by the first point, and it was really encouraging to me as I meditated on it this morning a little bit more. He said that faith is always in response to God's initiating call. So you know, there's lots that you could um, unpack, and he did unpack we talk a lot about that in our soteriology. Like right. we're, we're always careful, particularly in our Reformed background, right. to, to make sure that we talk about that. But this is the key of bringing your Reformed life right. into your daily life. Like, right. hey, this affects faith. Right. We are not just Reformed in our soteriology, right? Uh, we, uh, we do not just hold to God's sovereignty in that particular area mm-hmm. of our life we hold to it in all areas of our life. And so oftentimes we can come to a place where we're very comforted by the fact that God has, before the foundations of the earth, chosen us. And and we cannot bring anything in our own hand um, to save ourselves. And we are incredibly helped by that. But how often then we don't call to our mind in the times of trial, uh, in the times of trial like Abraham and all these people of faith in chapter 11 faced, uh, that God is sovereign mm-hmm. and in control. And he, he's, if he saw your salvation from before the foundations of the world um, and predestined you in love, then he has seen every struggle that you are going through, every hardship, every tear, every all, sorrow, every all fight. All the rest of your salvation. All, yeah, all, exactly. <laughs> all of your sanctification. He mm-hmm. has seen that, and it is not a surprise to him. Uh, he has seen your shortcomings and your failings. Um, and it makes me think of the song, he will hold me fast. Mm-hmm. Um, as we've seen already in, in Hebrews that we have an anchor yeah. attached to the throne of heaven. And so we often, I think, forget that. So in the midst of that, you know, drudgery, you know, drudgery of life one day at a time, like last week, one nail at a time, mm-hmm. putting in, you know, building the ark, remember that God is sovereign and sees your faith and your act of faith would not be possible if it was not for his initiating call, if it wasn't for his faithfulness in the first place. So be encouraged, right? God is with you. Yeah. Like your faithfulness and continuing on and that you haven't fallen away yet is a beautiful and, and assuring picture uh, that you are his mm-hmm. and that he is faithful and that, that you're a sheep. Yeah. So keep going. Yeah, and there's some kind of extrapolation, too, that you can do in that part of the ending aspect of Noah last week was that his act of faith ended up condemning the world. Yeah. And so in the initiating call for you, Jeff Cornette, that sets you apart from the rest of the people in the world yeah. who have not been or will not be called. Yeah, that's good. And, and that is a, is a huge component for helping you get through the every day, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that that aspect of your faith is is not just sealed in his calling you but it sets you apart from those who are not and will not be yeah and if you understand that then it helps you faithfully walk out his second point that faith requires obedience 
Mm-hmm. Right? And if you don't believe that's true or if you're stuck in this um, thought that faith is some kind of a feeling because mm-hmm. you've read too many Hallmark cards or you know spent too much time shopping at Hobby Lobby or whatever and thinking that faith is just kind of this blind action, you know, just take a leap of faith and have a good feeling or so on. And it's funny how often we we are we're very like uh people are very mystical even if they're even if they're no don't believe in god or they're very that's mystical. what you're getting at with the hobby lobby thing I yeah mean, if we can just bring christianish stuff in yeah and put it around we'll g- it'll rub off on us and we'll get good karma i and... mean it's not like it's saints bones or anything it's good christian <laughs> stuff, right it's good right? question stuff yeah made in china <laughs> <laughs> and something slapped on it it says like live laugh love <laughs> yep. something like that so but we we often fall into that and we we need to go read books of the Bible like James, that faith without works is dead. Mm-hmm. And the faith has to um, be seen in the action. Um, Bert and I have always said in our marriage that you know, love for each other is proven through faithfulness and sacrifice, mm-hmm. that I'm still here today and that I'm continuing to lay my life down uh, to prefer you um, and glorify God in doing so. Mm-hmm. And so faith without works or faith without obedience is, is nothing. And that's, but that's not a good feeling because obedience is hard and obedience requires death to self. And everything in me wants to scream and push back on that and just say, no, if I just have a good feeling about God, um, then that'll get me into the pearly gates one day. And, and that's, that's a very Dayton. So how do I do that? I, I sing the songs and yes. I, and I go to church and I hope the big man upstairs and I read the books that is there for me. me. Yeah. I'm going to make it. I'm yeah. going to do okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and well, and, and if you press down into that a little bit more, you know, oftentimes, um, let's take a man who is you know, hearing preaching on taking responsibility. He's repenting of abdicating his role, not leading his wife and family. So he he says amen to the preaching, and he's not going to fight against it or cause a ruckus, um, but he's not going to do anything with it. Mm-hmm. He's going to get the books. He's going to buy all the books that he needs to buy, and they're going to sit on his nightstand, but he's never going to read them. A lot of guys feel like just because their wife haven't hasn't like kicked them out yet because they bought It's Good to Be a Man or whatever, <laughs> that they're doing good. And maybe it was so bad that that was a good first step, but they just read it as it's good, man. Right? Yeah. B B. Yeah, you gotta you gotta do something with it, right? Like you can polish a gun all day long, but if you never take it to the range and shoot it, right? You're not gonna. You have a really pretty gun. Yeah. Ask me about the pictures of the guy who was shooting with me at my at my concealed carry test. <laughs> yeah. Right. You can't believe that some people are out oh, there man. packing packing guns. A poor lady down two rows from us. Like I'm thankful those walls are bulletproof because I'm not supposed to be behind one. It's the other guy's turn, but I'm like yeah. crouching in there. Yeah, she can't pull the trigger. Yeah, like can't even pull it. Then the guy that's shooting with me is supposed to be shooting like four, which is at mm. the top, and all of the holes are in the number below it. <laughs> like at I'm, least you're consistent. I'm you sure know? they still passed everybody. He did. Oh my goodness. You get the paper. I think that's all that matters. Right. Well, sometimes, so, you know, you think about, we've talked a lot at church lately about seeing the glory in the mundane. Mm-hmm. So you see the glory in the mundane things of life, and that's hard sometimes. But I think often maybe like a wife could say, 
well, I have faith that um, I'm supposed to submit to my husband and you know love my children and cultivate them and, and be oriented towards the home. And that's all well and good when it's in a big moment in your life, mm-hmm. um, or you know you're 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 talking and encouraging somebody uh, less mature in the faith. But when it's just you and your screaming kid, right? And faithfulness looks like having to discipline them again, right? To uh, to be lady wisdom to your husband, or to not try to soften his warrior spirit as he attacks the enemy the, when nobody else is watching the un-instagrammable moments yeah, those. that's when it's hard well I, it's even hard to just do the the basics is because it's, it's easy i think to submit uh because of legalism and because you want you know to to do what you're supposed to do but if you submit to your husband apart from respecting him hmm. then you're failing like right that doesn't count that's actually hmm. sinful sure right yeah, in the same way that for husbands, you're called to love your love your wives, right? As Christ loved the church. So if your love, if you, if you provide for your family only, and protect them only, but and call that love, it's that's not right. You have to do it with love, mm-hmm. right? So those those kinds of aspects of doing things with the right heart posture is entirely everything that he's about in the Old Testament. It's entirely everything yeah. that he's tackling here in the New Testament is we can do these external actions and still not do them by faith, which is what he's actually getting after. Yeah, that's good. It's it's by faith that we see and believe these things with an inward heart of Mm -hmm. worship. Yeah, and in those moments when, the un-Instagrammable moments, when you're walking in faithfulness, those are the times that really matter, Mm -hmm. right? Those are the times that matter. Um, Those are the times that are real. Exactly, the times that are real. His last point um, was that faith sees beyond and Abraham's faith, well, all of these saints in Hebrews 11's faith were able to see beyond mm-hmm. um, and see the coming Messiah. And the scripture says that Abraham was able to see beyond and see this city whose builder and maker was God. Yeah, I, I want to do some more study in that. And I think we're going to get some more of that in our discussion. And then like, it has been pushing in the see beyond aspect, but you have, it seems like because this new covenant aspect is there with Abraham, mm-hmm. as you had, you had one with Noah, but that's a little less sure. <laughs> robust, yeah, I suppose. Exactly. Um, you have though this institution with the covenant with Abraham where things change significantly right? into even the passage that you're getting ready to preach this week um, with the, the innumerable, um, offspring and all that because before it was see ahead to the seed of the woman now we're still looking for the seed of the woman but it's inside of this big picture of god's people and mm-hmm. god's place and god's right yeah. rule and and so i wonder if the language here with abraham shifts in that sense to being able to see beyond to the city with its its founder and everything we're moving out of the edenic mm-hmm. adamic covenant you know? right yeah so yeah, I thought that was an interesting twist into into what we're actually seeing beyond. But yeah, that's that's huge. I think this we've been stressing the faith, the hold fast, the the obedience thing for a while. But I, I, so I don't think that this is necessarily the biggest part. If we had Matt, he could he could yell at us. But the faith can see beyond thing is where I see most Christians in general, not just our church, struggling. Yeah, uh, if they're if they're if they're somewhere just a bit past antinomianism and they understand that yeah. we have to follow some obedience, right? it gets into this, like they just, 
the struggle to have vision for their life, for family life. Right. We've been talking about that with some of the guys right. in the church lately. And describe antinomianism for those who might not know. If you are anti against nomian law, if you're anti law and just full grace, yeah. if you think that there's really no place for the law in the, in the Christian life now, that's going to push you away from this obedience thing that we've been talking about. Yeah. So let's just say that you're a bit past that. You you recognize, oh, yeah, yeah I got to do some stuff. Then you, you're probably going to get stuck here and be like, I got to do some stuff. W- what stuff? <laughs> you know? right. like, and where are we going? That right. kind of thing. That's where I see a lot of people. They want to be faithful. They want to do things. Mm-hmm. They just don't know where to look, where to go. Mm-hmm. And and you see and I don't blame them. You, some of these uh, other pastors that we have uh, talked with, and some of the people that are at other churches, the uh, pastors don't have vision for where they're taking their church, no. their people, whatever. Right. And the scripture says, "Without a vision, the people perish." Yes. So I think this one is one of the more challenging components, um, and allowing us to have a vision for the future to see beyond. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that certainly combats that is that it looks like there is nowhere to go when you look around at the culture the question is you know we we hear this passage and we're like well it seems like we're the only ones that are believing these things right right you you were saying earlier why aren't you know why aren't we affirming uh why aren't we deconstructing right uh, all these other things right we see all this stuff we see the world so you have like two pieces here maybe um but they're kind of joined at the hip you have the wicked, you know, and sometimes we as Christians can envy the wicked. Say, well, why, why do the wicked prosper, mm-hmm. right? And why are they able to go on unchecked? And it seems like they're doing just fine. It seems like they're happy. They got enough money. They can run around and do all their whole thing, right? And then those arguments of, well, really inside they're miserable. Sometimes it just doesn't cut it because mm-hmm. it sure looks like they're happy. Yeah. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then joined at the hip with that thought is, well, I what about- I could be happily miserable. Exactly. <laughs> I could be miserably rich or whatever. <laughs> but joined at the hip of that is then, well, what about all these air quotes Christians who are now affirming Christians and they're- um, Affirming homosexuality. Uh, that are affirming homosexuality and embracing that. What about um, all these quote unquote Christians who are deconstructing yeah. Um, because it seems like if you go online and in one sense, when it, especially when it comes to online, you have to be wise as a serpent in that and be, uh, understand what's being presented there. Right. Mm-hmm. And you got to do your research and not just take people's word for it. But online is a good, a good gauge to see where our culture's at, right? These things have spread through a, a, very much an online presence. So you go there or you have conversations with friends or some of you are having conversations with family members who are doing these things. And it seems like there's a lot of them. This is the majority. This is the host. Yeah. And what that's, I think what that stands in opposition to when it comes to having faith and how we often are tempted to be discouraged is, okay, like I understand that maybe we're a remnant and the way is narrow and so course everybody's going to be trotting down the broad path that leads to destruction but here at christ the lord we're talking about the kingdom of heaven is here and the lord is reigning and ruling Mm -hmm. and that is true for those who are faithful to the scriptures regardless of where they are on the (laughs) astrological spectrum right he is ruling and reigning now and that we we don't just win then we win here right We've already won. We've already won, to right? Quote David Crowder. Exactly. We've already won. David Crowder. Wow, that's a 
Now I'm just going back Sorry, to remember Lane. Original David Crowder. Yeah. I don't know where he's at right now. Yeah, me neither. Original. Original. OG. 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 David Crowder. The DCB. Right. So it doesn't seem like we're winning, though. No. Right? That's that's what I get sometimes from people. Um, it well, seems I, like everybody's- Yeah, are we everybody's, believing the wrong thing, then? Are we, are we believing the wrong thing? Just start gaslighting ourselves. Yep. Yep. And we do the hard work to sit, to push back, you know, our, our mothers and wives, women of God are doing a good job pushing back on the feminist agenda and the lies that are there. You know, godly men are pushing back on uh, weak men and what actual toxic masculinity is. And we re- we see those things, we're doing the work, but then sometimes it can feel discouraging, I think, mm-hmm. to some as they look around and say, man, it seems like the majority of people are just running down the drains here are and then you begin to gaslight yourself and you begin to second guess yourself so so what do you do with that Mm -hmm. right well what am i supposed to do with that um and of course we always have to go to the scriptures first and foremost Mm -hmm. to which um if you give enough time um to listening to arguments from those who are now walking in what is just blatant heresy and apostasy um it leads to all sorts of just rampant foolishness. Oh, yeah. Not just wickedness, but like that doesn't even make sense, bro. <laughs> right? It like, no. you know, um, I, I was listening to one guy talk recently on a social media platform, and he was a, his whole platform is I was a, I'm an ex evangelical pastor, and now I'm a gay affirming Christian and so on and so forth. But his whole argument was I love um, certain parts of Christianity, and I love especially the teachings of Jesus. And how he treated people. Um, of course, he's reading Jesus selectively in the Gospels. And that's all he's getting. And he says, so I can be a Christian today and choose not to be a Christian tomorrow. <laughs> right? And it's just, you're like, no, no. like, And it literally is every man doing what is right in his own, own eye. eyes. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's Paul walking through the streets saying, there's a God for everything. Dude, that's true. Right? Um, so, uh, but it's hard. you. Yeah, but it's hard, you know, when you look around and you see, you know, I live in a, um, I live in Oakwood and Oakwood's a very progressive, very liberal little pocket, you know, in Dayton. Um, and I got love is love signs and rainbow flags and trans flags and women's rights, human rights stuff everywhere. And we are faithfully trying to be a witness in our community. But sometimes I think some of our people can look around and say, man, it, what do we do? Are we doing something wrong? Right. Are we the cult? Right. Is any because it seems like people are beating the doors down there, mm-hmm. versus here. Now, my point in bringing all this up, the culture has some very real looking buildings. Exactly. Right. Matt to, to Matt's point, it's like the culture has like buildings, and I'm in a tent. It seems mm-hmm. right, and this doesn't seem to make sense. Like Noah's building a giant boat in the backyard, and we understand that our God is not in in uh, human terms, quote unquote, normal. Right in the eyes of the world, it it is foolishness to the eyes of the world. Mm-hmm. Right, the cross was foolishness to the Greeks. Um, but what I'm getting at in all this is to say, on, on one side, we got to be really careful not to just give in to this like loser mentality mm-hmm. that we're just kind of waiting for Jesus to come back and to fix it all. Because then I think we just sit passively by and we we um, do not obey the command to go into all the nations and make disciples and to teach them to observe all the things that Christ has commanded. Um, and so we're like, okay, I'm supposed to go out and strengthen armor Christian soldiers, but I feel like my efforts are not 
make yeah. it much of a dent. Start to black pill a little bit. Yeah, you start to black pill a little bit. And if people don't understand what the, the black pill, if you watch The Matrix, mm-hmm. you know, it's like you get the two pills. And so you have people that like have taken the, the red pill and their eyes are opened. Mm-hmm. But then you have people that have done that now. And it's a, there's a majority of young men in our culture right now who are black pill where they're just nihilist. They're like, there's no good here. Right. Um, And And there's no hope. There's no hope whatsoever. I can't, you know, the feminist agenda has ruined everything. And so they try. Everybody's against us. Everybody's against us. So they try a little bit of Tate and they try a little bit of whoever. And it just doesn't work out. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because, of course, there's no hope without the gospel. And so they're just blackpilled. And it's like, what's the use? Mm -hmm. What's the use? So Matt's last point was a faith that sees beyond. Mm -hmm. But when you're in a tent, Right, and God has promised to give you a son, mm-hmm. and and the scripture I'm about to preach next week that says he was as good as dead. Was dead. <laughs> <laughs> Abraham was as good as dead, and his wife was barren. Mm-hmm. Like this doesn't seem like I'm winning. Yeah, yeah, and I appreciate too that he's he then goes into this question of so what's the tipping point, right? Yeah. What are you actually going to trust in? Mm. And that question of what has God said, that's not true. Right. And when you reflect on your life on what God has done, you look back, you look at the altars, the piles of rocks, <laughs> right? You say, what has God done? What has he said that's not true? In Pilgrim's Progress, my king has never let me down before. Yeah. I'm not going to stop now. Yeah, amen to that. So yeah, we were talking in Old Testament survey before the sermon. We're in Deuteronomy. And uh, at the end of Moses' life, he gives sermons, <laughs> long ones. <laughs> he does. Lest we forget. And uh, they're, they're getting ready to go into the promised land. He pulls the car over and is like, I got some words for you. Mm. And he says this at the, at the very end. He says, see, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you today by loving the Lord your God. Loving is, is what their charge was. All the way back to Deuteronomy 6, right? The Shema. Love the Lord your God. Mm. If you obey these commandments by loving the Lord your God, by walking in his ways, by keeping his commandments and his statutes and his rules, then you shall live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you're taking possession of. But mm. if your heart turns away and you will not hear, but are drawn away to worship other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not live long in the land that you're going over the Jordan to enter and possess. Mm. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I've set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying his voice, holding fast to him. For he is your life and length of days, that you may dwell in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob to give them. Hmm. So when I see this, this faith can see beyond. It starts in the morning. Life and death have been set before you, yeah. right? Blessing and curse, good and evil have been set before you today. Choose life. Yeah. It it makes me think the scripture says that Moses was the meekest man to live. And uh, Matthew Henry describes meekness as the silent submission of the soul to the providence of God concerning us. Amen. It's this, this silent submission to the will of God. And I think about that in, um, obviously, we should be bold in proclamation for the gospel, we've been talking about that in hospitality class. That you you can't believe uh, you know these little jingles that say uh, you know preach the gospel and if necessary use words. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Right. That's a that's a misunderstanding of um of the scriptures and Christian witness. So you have to open your mouth in boldness and proclaim. But in the moments when Moses has not pulled the car over and preaching or raising a staff to part the Red Sea, right, when the miracles aren't happening, there's plenty of times when Moses has to face um, scorn and slander and uprisings and all sorts of things. Yeah, that was last week. Right. <laughs> all things that are discouraging. Um, still stood in the breach for them. Yes, he did. I mean, if you fathers, if you want to see what it looks like next yeah. time your your wife or your kids are raging against you, mm-hmm. and the Lord is ready to smite them, yeah, stand in the in the gap for stand them, stand in the breach, yeah, and say, choose life, mm-hmm. yeah, this day, and and plead for for God's mercy. But there's plenty of times, man, when I'm sure he was, uh, they're just walking, mm. <laughs> right? <laughs> okay, Lord, I'm just walking here, and it seems like this doesn't uh, compute. And so just a, a, sub, a silent submission of the soul to the providence of God in my life. When you're having to wash the pot or spank the kid again or have the hard conversation with your spouse, mm-hmm. the non-Instagrammable moments when it's like, I'm just here. I'm not out on the front lines doing what so-and-so is doing, fighting back against the culture, but you are. You are. Because the resistance looks like faithful families with godly husbands and fathers mm-hmm. and godly wives who are submissive for their husband and who are oriented toward their children who are raising the next generation and generation and generation and generation and i've been saying a lot lately that we're we're not going to see the effects for the kingdom like in full mm-hmm. um in our lifetime here that ctl has done mm-hmm. like like in the huffman area in the dayton area we're building something bigger and you have to have a vision for something that's bigger you got to keep your hand to the plow. Walk with God. Right. Don't don't get your head up in the clouds. And that's why we have too many people running around on Twitter, you know, th- you know, giving theories about ideas about the kingdom of God. But putting your hand to the plow, the people who are actually boots on the ground. Um, but you have to have a vision beyond for what that looks like. And that means you got to do some real hard planning and prepping in your family to... Say, this is where we're going, family. This is the vision that God has given us. And then put your hand to the plow and do everything that you do for the glory of God. Choose life. Yeah, choose life this day. Um, and this is this is what everybody in Hebrews 11 was doing. Mm-hmm. They they were able to see beyond. Like every example of this, these saints who were elevated as an example to follow, they all were able to see something beyond. Mm-hmm. And they're just normal people. Yeah. This is, like, this is just the mundane areas of life. My favorite book in all the Bible is Ruth because there's nothing miraculous in Ruth. Yeah. Right? Like, well, there's love. <laughs> it's a miracle. There's love is, yes. There's a grouchy mother-in-law who's manipulative. That's uh there's consequ- that's a real life thing. I've been told. Right. I'm, I have a great mother-in-law, so I'm, told. I'm not talking bad about Karen at all. She's the best. Well, I look at my mother-in-law snake tongue plant behind you. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Okay. Law tongue. <laughs> Rusty's gonna get in trouble for this. <laughs> no, no, this is. I've heard this about other mother-in-laws. Okay, every okay. other mother-in-law except mine. Gotcha. Karen's great. That's how that works. I got no problems. <laughs> Karen is. Awesome. You be yeah. There you go. Envious, <laughs> be envious of my mother-in-law. I am. Literally. But in Ruth, you have. I'm you not have gonna this break the tenth commandment. All right. You have consequences of sin. You have 
disobedience. You have all these, you have people just following God's ways. So Boaz is leaving, you know, a, a little bit for the poor because God has commanded him to do that. Mm-hmm. And from that comes the Messiah, right? So something bigger. Wait, you mean a beyond. dude could meet his future wife by just doing what he's supposed to do? Yeah. Wow. That, that's you know, how that's how you meet a wife that you want, by the way, fellas. Well, there's that. Yeah. Yeah. By doing what God has called you to do now, as that's the then you're gonna find the woman that mm-hmm. you really want. Yeah. Amen. Right. And and by the way, whatever you happen to be putting your hand to, whatever you happen to be giving your life for, for you unmarried guys, that's the quality of woman that you will get. Mm-hmm. Right? So if you're giving your life to foolishness and and silliness and the way of the world, that's what you're going to get. Yep. Right? Um, my dad. She will join you in that mission. She will join you in that mission. My dad always said that you will marry somebody at the same spiritual maturity as yourself. So the best thing you can do is, is work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Yeah. Right? Yep. Walk in maturity. So you see all these people in the mundane areas of life. You see Jesus being faithful. Mm-hmm. Right? In every task that he was given here on earth, he he, he did it to perfection, walking out the will of the Father in the mundane areas of Wait, life. Because his life ended with like getting murdered. Right. So yeah, I remember. I think it was Christopher Ash who said, "If you look at the life of Jesus through a human lens, you will see not one of success, but one of suffering and failure." Mm-hmm. Right. And. Great teacher, though. Great, <laughs> great teacher. teacher, nice guy, <laughs> someone to be emulated as it comes to you know caring for the poor and so on. So great, so careful and nice that they wanted to kill. They him. wanted to kill him, right? Which means you're reading you're reading the gospels selectively. <laughs> so, so gentle and love, right, man? So you have this guy who who does these things and ends up being killed as he walks faithful to the Father, and. On the cross, the scripture says the people passed by and the old King James says they wagged their heads, meaning they shook their heads as if to say, what a shame. Mm-hmm. What Because sh- they didn't understand. Mm-hmm. What a shame for a nice teacher, this yeah. wise teacher. What a, what a shame for this nice man. What a shame for this this cultural revolutionist, right, who was going to, you know, eat the rich and bring the poor up or whatever. Because people follow Jesus for many reasons. Yeah. Um, but it was not a shame. It was not a loss. Mm-hmm. In that moment... Jesus was enacting the greatest event in all, the greatest victory yeah. in all of history. All and and I think not to give away future uh, sermons coming up here, but the, the key to that and the key to everything that the people did in Hebrews 11 was they were just following their God in his faithfulness who enabled them to walk in faithfulness. Mm-hmm. And in Romans 12, one and two, Jesus was able to look beyond. He was able to look beyond and see what his father had in store for him and what the cross would um, win, mm-hmm. right? So it says um, that we should run with endurance the race that's set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of God. So Jesus saw beyond the shame, mm-hmm. right? He saw beyond the sorrow. He saw beyond the suffering. He saw many sons and daughters being brought to glory. He saw a throne, yeah. right? And that's why in Philippians it says that because of that, God has highly exalted him and given him a name that uh, should be glorified, that there's no other name that should be glorified yet his. And every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And so um, we have to be able to look beyond and see something great. You have to be able to look. And Matt, 
met, said something to the effect, that effect, can you see beyond uh, when it comes to uh, what God is doing? Can you see godly children in the future? Yeah, so real practically, I think in order to do this, you, you don't just try to do the good thing, but you've, you've got to recognize the bad habits. You've got to recognize when you're not doing that. Yeah. So we went canoeing last weekend or last week, which was a blast. And I have a new love. And now I'm, <laughs> I really want to make my canoe. I've already, I've had a book with plans for canoe building for like 10 years. But like, now I have a place like to Ron do it. Swanson, make your canoe. I again. am dude. I'm, I'm ready to do it. And I've got a place to do it now. So nice. <clears throat> that's coming. So yeah, I absolutely love that. But because what really keyed me into it was not just looking down at the water, which was cool, but looking up and seeing the trees, the sky. Yeah. The turtles on the side, like just being involved in the moment and seeing my vision expand, right? Yeah. Beyond my phone, beyond the ground. So this week, recognize when your vision is in the dirt. Yeah. Like when are you getting bogged down? When can you, when are you getting stuck? When you have short sightedness? Yeah. Because it's then in those practical moments where you exercise this and you see past it. Yeah. What is this discipline going to lead to? Or what is this conversation going to lead to? Right. What, why am I? Why do I have my head down when I should be looking up? Yeah. And, I, and I mean that almost very literally. Mm-hmm. Like cast your eyes up to the heavens yeah. and you see up. Yeah. What does the psalm say that you? I lift my eyes to the hills. Mm-hmm. Where my help? Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, mm-hmm. the Maker of heaven and earth. Yeah. Yeah. You have. I mean, Helms Deep. You have, <laughs> are you looking down and stuck in the fire? Or are you right. looking to the mountain? Yeah. The yeah. Look, to, you look to the sunrise. Uh huh. Look to the sunrise. Look to the promises. Yeah, it's coming. So be faithful here. Fight for all you can. Yeah. But you've got to got to be able to see that this is a this is bigger than this fight. This is for, for them it was for the human race, right? Yeah. For them it was for the ring and for Frodo, for Mordor mm. being destroyed, like all of that. Yeah. So for us, if you can't name those things for where you are in your home in Oakwood and Kettering and Riverside, you're stuck. Right and you're not really living for the kingdom in the way that at least you should be right and the danger that we've been warned about is that you might not be in the kingdom right yeah you could be aiming for everything else yeah because that's what you're actually aimed at yeah so yeah it makes me think of the the hymn um <laughs> it ends by uh well the chorus is marching on marching on for christ count everything as loss and to crown him king will toil and sing neath the banner of the cross. It's just marching on, marching on for Christ. Everything else the world's throwing at you as loss. I was thinking about uh, when you were talking about uh, in our areas of life where we're planted, where God has put us, uh, a text message exchange that Bryn shared with me today with um, fellow believers who live in Oakwood. They actually go to Dayton Christian. There's a group of us. We're like, we're like Dayton Christian um, sojourners and like Oakwood exiles <laughs> because this is like, which is growing. We're pushing back on, yeah. on the pagan school and what they're doing there. But it's this text message exchange between Bryn and, and this friend. Uh, Bryn says, um, after they had talked about some logistics of school year starting, Bryn says, I am hopeful, still unsure why God brought our family to this community. We already knew we weren't going to use the schools. Of course, Oakwood schools are pretty prestigious, um, are not going to be as they continue to walk in this craziness. Um, but Brent says, but I believe that we are here for a specific reason, even though we haven't seen it fully yet, we just need to be faithful. And her friend answers the same. I know God wants Christians in all areas of life. And so he wants his folks in Oakwood too. Um, 
but how it will be used here, I'm not quite sure yet. One of my morning prayers is, I am your servant, Lord, reporting for duty. What would you have me do? Hopefully, living a joyful, faith-filled life, even in the mundane things, will please our Lord. And Brent answers, amen. One of the themes we have been learning and leaning into in our home and at our church is the idea that doing things God's way in the ordinary, mundane grind, being faithful in the daily, this is radical Christian living. Duty is not a dirty word. It is the means by which God works our sanctification and ensures our perseverance. Philippians 2, 12-13. She says, what an upside-down kingdom he has called us to, but so much goodness to be shared and celebrated here as well. I am so encouraged, too, by the faithfulness of other saints, despite the chaos at our doors. That's faithfulness. That's seeing something beyond. We're in Oakwood. We moved there for some financial, like strategic, you know, um, uh, stuff. But God has us there for a specific reason because um, there are lost and dying and confused people there. The Lord has something cool happening. There's a remnant there. So my wife sending something very plain and simple through a text message like this is faithfulness to the kingdom. And we should be encouraged by what God is doing. So as always, we want to encourage you to take these truths and to let God plant them deep in your heart and to go, know, love, and obey Jesus as Lord over all.